Welcome to part five of Fashioning an Empire by the Museum of Islamic Art. From clothing to carpets, we're unraveling threads of Safavid elegance. The fashion and fame of Safavid silks is something that was well known during the time of Shah Abbas but whose legacy continued even after the empire declined, when the Ottomans, Russians, and eventually Afghans invaded and took power. So to share with us how Safavid influence came into the late 19th and early 20th centuries is Dr. Tara Desjardins. I'm Dr. Tara Desjardins. I am curator of South Asia at the Museum of Islamic Art in Doha. We begin this segment by looking at a magnificent Safavid coat on display designed with a beautiful hand-woven pattern. It's an orangey pink, a little bit of a salmon color with metal wrapped thread woven through. And so the metal hasn't been tested, but traditionally it would have been silver wrapped around cotton or silk. It has this beautifully designed trim around the cuffs and the edges while the coat itself is covered in a repeating pattern of delicate floral motifs in blue and red silk. It's a repeating pattern that you see really in Iran and also in Mughal India, starting from the early 17th century. And so it's what we commonly classify as an Indo-Perse pattern, so Indian slash Persian. And distinguishing between these patterns and origins is quite difficult. They are patterns that circulate so heavily around India with the Indian subcontinent and Iran at the time. And there's such a, an amazing amount of cross-cultural exchange between the courts that identifying specific patterns can sometimes be challenging. One of the key ways in which historians and curators have come to understand Safavid dress and style is through paintings, illustrations, and writings. Since most textiles survive in only fragments and pieces from that period, which is what makes this coat particularly noteworthy. It's a full coat, which means that rather unusually, it has all of its trimmings, it has the full arms, sleeves, but it's rather unusual given the natural fibers of textiles. They often disintegrate over time. They are highly susceptible to humidity, fluctuating temperatures, etc. So it's rather unusual to have a fully intact garment from the period. The coat is displayed on its own very prominently with these really dynamic graphics that include sketches from artists in the late 19th, early 20th century that were then caught up in this whole craze of Persian-inspired dress and fashion. The coat is thought to be from the later Safavid period, so approximately the early 1700s, and it acts as a transition piece, taking us from the time of Shah Abbas to Europe in the late 19th century where we see a growing fascination with all things Persian. A major influence that started this trend in Europe was the Ballet Russe. The Ballet Russe was a Russian ballet company that performed actually in Paris, and they ran for several years. They launched Sherazade, which was the first of the performances, in 1909, and 
It was just incredibly dramatic, really flamboyant costumes. And they really played on, I think, this Eastern aesthetic in a way that was impactful because they knew that the audience was ready for it. They knew that it would pique the interest of the wealthy elite who at the time obviously could afford to go to the theater and the ballet. But I don't think they quite estimated just how impactful it would be. And so the first few ballets that they did were all Middle Eastern Oriental inspired. So the ballets themselves had already been written, but they took another step forward and they hired artists to really do the set designs and actually the costumes. And funny enough, those same artists were then hired by fashion designers to design women's dresses. So you can immediately see the connection between the ballet and the fashion world. And then of course, from there, it really does trickle down to the wider public who adopts this craze. To describe this trend of Persian-inspired fashion in Europe, Dr. Tara Desjardins uses the term le goût perse, or the Persian taste, as she explains. So la goût perse was kind of a term that I coined, but it just felt like it was a good representation of the taste for all things Persian. It was something that I felt best reflected really this intense intrigue in the East, whether it was through performing arts, through fashion, through dress, through objects themselves, it was really part and parcel with what we consider an Orientalist movement. Orientalism is really much more of a, a fascination with the East. Uh, obviously, in today's day and age, it's a highly problematic world, but it nonetheless reflects a period in history that encompasses many aspects of which an interest in Iran, in Persian culture, was one of them. And from this interest, we find fashion houses that start to design women's high fashion with Safavid prints and style. Places like the House of Worth in Paris and the French jeweler Louis Cartier. Cartier himself was actually a collector of Islamic art, and we know that through his own records and his own inventories. And I knew, it had been brought to my attention, that there was a very short period in the history of Cartier production that a whole line of purses were designed using these silks. And it seemed like the perfect transition then between Iranian-inspired patterns, part of this wider craze of the East, of this Orientalist movement that was already well underway from the mid-19th century, before you then transition into the 21st century with artists today. In the last segment of this series and this exhibition, we turn to designers today that have been inspired by Safavid fashion. Join us in the next part to hear how the Museum of Islamic Art collaborated with M7, an innovation center of fashion, to invite five designers that created contemporary pieces highlighting the legacy of Safavid style. Thank you to Dr. Tara Desjardins, curator at the Museum of Islamic Art. Fashioning an Empire is by the Museum of Islamic Art and produced by Kernan Cultures Network. The series is produced by me, Al Shaybani, and edited by Hiba Fisher, with sound design by Mohamed Khrezat. To learn more about this exhibit, follow us on Instagram at MIA Qatar. That's M I A Q A T A R.